Well, here we are, um, an official Scottish Rugby podcast. We started a series looking, um, sit down interviews with uh, well, one on ones, really, with, uh, with the, the great and good of Scottish Rugby. Delighted to see Hamish Watson's join us. Um, well, we know a lot about you, Hamish, but I, I think it's great this new initiative. We just get to find out a bit more about you, not all about rugby, just uh, basically like two old guys sitting having a crack or. or one older guy and one younger guy <laughs> sitting over a crack. So, for any caps on the on the hopefully on the obviously the eve of your your fiftieth cap, I'm sure that'll come to be a massive achievement. To touch on that, forty three starts, six tries in there as well. Um, but we're going to take you right back to the start. How did you get into rugby? At the very start, what 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 was the trigger? When was the trigger? How did you get um, into the game? So, so my daddy always used to play rugby for uh, the vets team, not like a high level or anything. But what I position? Think he, I think he was on the wing, but oh, he nice. did it. He did it more for. Uh, the social side of things, I think, and uh, so we always used to go down to the club and w watch him play, and sort of uh, probably not hygienic, but we used to run on like the sponge and stuff Brilliant. back in the day for the vets. Um, and then my little, my sorry, my older brother started playing for just a local club team um, when he was probably about seven, and I'm two years younger than him, so it would have started at about five years old, and yeah. it, back then it would have been like touch rugby, and then uh, sort of just grew from there, started playing more, and you know, then you just follow what your mates are doing really and I just followed uh yeah follow what all my friends what, did what, what was the club where was it uh Wilmslow Wolves so oh, nice. it's uh, a local is it still there still going yeah still going um is your dad still playing <laughs> definitely not <laughs> <laughs> he's 70 now so oh, he struggled right. with it but um yeah that's that's where it all started Wilmslow Wolves and that's uh I've got a lot of fond memories at that club yeah. I used to like go back as well and play for them when I was like 15 16 but mm. They're really determined after my rugby career to try and get me a first team cap because I never actually played for the first That's team. Right. So um, that'd be that'd be quite funny. Ah, you'll do that. You'll definitely do that. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what it's like when you go back as to the memories you have as a kind of five or six or seven year old. But you would have played other sports as well. Um, I assume you were interested in other sports. I know you're a big football fan. We'll, we'll touch on that. But did you play all sports growing up? Yeah, I think I played as much as um, <clears throat> as much as I could. Um, did a lot of I did actually a lot of cross country when I was younger. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, that's so, yeah oh, mate, I, I absolutely was that two choice. I, I was quite good at it. So <laughs> I can't remember. My dad sort of made me do it and said it would be good for me and all that. Sort and of because stuff. you were good at it, did it add more pressure? Because you had to be good at everything. Yeah, you, did it. I, you know, you know what? It's one of those things. I did. So I did a lot of cross country and a lot of athletics in the uh -huh. summer, and um, that's when I realised I was rubbish at cricket. So I went to that, <laughs> and um, and it was one of those things. Actually, I used to get so nervous because it's one yeah. of those you don't have a you don't well, have a team you, isn't it? You. Yeah, so what I used, what I loved about rugby is you, you know you had your, you had your mates there and um, you know you could try and help help lead people you didn't always like you just could yeah. help rely on your friends and you, when you had a bad game they'd pick you up and vice versa but when you um, when I actually did a bit of county stuff at cross country and when you had like a rubbish race or something yeah. there was no one and it was it was quite it's quite a lonely so a lot of respect to all the athletes athletes yeah. out there because it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's really tough. It's a mindset that, isn't it? Like it's you. I often think similar thing. And there is a team around boxers, but boxers must be, in terms of a mindset of you being alone in that ring. It's, I think in, in a a wee bit similar to, to playing rugby when you would train all week, say an international B team, if you would train all week with perhaps 25, 30 players in the squad, and then the squad would be cut towards the end of the week, and then it would be cut again, and then the team meetings would just be, you know, the 23. And then there was that moment in the changing room where you would go from 23 to basically 15 plus a duck left, yeah. coaches were away, everyone was away, and it was like that moment. But to do it as an individual sportsman, it must be 
going into a boxing ring without, oh, without yeah, any. No, exactly. I can't it's you, it's you take on, isn't it? I can't imagine. I, re- I remember, um, obviously, Roddy. Uh, yeah, Roddy Grant. Did, uh, yeah. He did um, one of those uh, like friendly boxing yeah, matches. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah, him saying yeah. he was more nervous than he'd ever been in his whole rugby career, and it was uh, obviously for charity and stuff like that. Um, oh, you'll yeah, not yeah, get, get me doing that. Would you do that? Um, that that I think, hesitation's too long. No, no, chance, no, like. no, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Not yeah. after rugby. We've, we've, no. We would have been through too much by then. Yeah. So, forty-nine caps um, for Scotland. Um, obviously, you came up to to Scotland two thousand and eleven. Um, initially, well, you played for the age grade sides before that, under nineteens, under twenties. Came up to Scotland two thousand and eleven. I remember you coming in. We'll talk about that as well. But the link to Scotland. When was the when was it the kind of dream or when was the realization that you could represent Scotland and certainly in the age was under 19s first age grade? Yeah, so it, I know it was, it was before it was like exile stuff. I started mm-hmm. um, doing Scottish exile stuff probably when I was about 15. Um, and you were in the Leicester Academy at that yeah. point? Was that before? Uh, no, 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 that was before Leicester, before, before everything. Yeah. So I, I'd sort of I saw it was always like decent at rugby, but um, I wanted to like Rob Riley. I think picked yeah. me up at a really young age in my. Um, my dad was always a bit of a weird one as growing up when when we were younger. Your dad's getting a bit of heat in this. No, so no, 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 not in like a weird in a good way. But I think he's always loved like the underdog story. And when yeah. we were growing up, um, I remember always. So he was always like he was always supported Scotland, and he was a Scotland fan. So he sort of like made made us support yeah. Scotland from a very young age. And uh, you know, I've, I'm never. I know it sounds like you know, people are like, yeah, sure, whatever, but I've never like owned an England shirt. My yeah, stepbrothers yeah. can vouch by that and everything. It's just a weird one. And I've, you know, I know we all get a lot of stick with our English accents and stuff, but it's something I don't really care about because I know that I was there at Murrayfield and, um, you know, when we won those mm. absolute awesome games, 15 9, and you yeah. kicked all the points. Mm. <laughs> but, like, you know, I was, I was there at those games. 15 9's uh, a big win when I played. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for those games, and it was, um, you know, it was, it was great coming up to Murrayfield. My dad used to take me out of school and drive us up from uh, from Oakham in, in yeah. Leicester and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, so. but again, anybody doubt that and the commitment. And but that's where the connection, yeah, that's where the connection came from. Because it was actually my grandparents, and then um, yeah, and then my dad got into the exile, yeah, system. and then got in the exile system. And so, so it was Rob Riley, who's <coughs> still still in, involved and yeah. does, does a good job with the exiles and. Was that what age was that? About fifteen? Did you say? Yeah, fifteen, sixteen. I was, and then we played, we played like um, a few games, like in house games, and played against Belgium. Yeah. Uh, I I went to uh, try and get into Scotland in the 18s and didn't get in, mm-hmm. um, which is like it's quite it's quite funny because obviously, I was the same. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a one of those ones. That's what I always say to young yeah. young guys when when they when they say like, "Oh, give me one bit of advice." Just say, just never give up on it. Like, you, yeah. it's quite easy to get a bit disheartened, like. Mm-hmm. Because some, especially in rugby, it's one of those things that you might not make it until you you hear story of people making it at 24, 25. Yeah. And so if you're not if you've not made an age grade squad at under 16s, under 18s, I'll just stay always sticking and believing yourselves. And I, I get asked that question a lot. And I've, obviously you've been there, I've been there. Yeah. And I think it happens I think all through your career as well. Had some it? sort of setback at some point. So. Yeah, it happens all through the career. But that first rejection, if you can call it that, yeah. is the hardest one. But that's the one I think everybody has to get over. When you yeah. get over that, you realise actually there is a life after you. You can get back in or force your way in yeah. um, all the way through. So was there anybody else around that time in the Exiles programme or building up to that under-19s that you still play with now? Um, that, you know, you remember? No, no one No one I still play with. There was, there was a lot of, um, there's a few guys at 20s who, who I've still played with, um, played with like Robin Hislop, um, mm-hmm. Sean Kennedy, who's obviously yeah. at Glasgow. Glasgow. He's got a lot of, lot of my 20s group, Donkey Weir, played 20s World Cup, but he was actually already playing for Glasgow at the time. Yeah. He played for Glasgow very young, and he um, 
yeah, he ended up like not doing a Six Nations, but just doing mm-hmm. a World Cup. Um, so there's not actually there's not there's not too many from from my year, uh, and especially at Exile stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for me, for me, there's there's someone I, I who like, I've always um, has helped me throughout my whole career, uh, and he's my Oakham school coach, and I still. I still talk to him quite regularly, which I quite like. I still talk to him once every three months, once every four months, and I, I go back in the summer and uh, go back to my old school and oh, yeah. see him. And he's someone who helped me for like outside a Scottish program, but he like helped me get to where I where I needed to be. And when I wasn't able to get a contract out of school, he sort of got me into Leicester Tigers Academy, which was and did which you? Amazing. I might be making this up, but did you? Take a line shot back to him. Was it last? Yeah, week? yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like we did a we did a really cool thing on on the Lions store. We were, like dedicated our jerseys mm-hmm. to like someone, and uh, obviously your family have helped you get mm-hmm. where you are. But it's a, that's a bit of an obvious one. Mm-hmm. So I thought like it would be a really nice touch to to yeah, give it to good. Ian Smith or Dossa Smith. And uh, yeah, it was it was an amazing day going back and seeing him and being able to do that because yeah. it, I know it meant a lot to him and it yeah, meant meant so I'll much to me as well. I'll carry a lot of weight for the next generation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know we're jumping back and forward a little bit, but um, it was 2011, that, that was my final year actually. Well, 2012 I retired, but 2011 my final year, um, really full year. And I remember you coming to the Edinburgh system. You was it the sevens you signed with first? So, it, but you trained with us at Edinburgh. So back then we did like um, elite, de- elite, elite development, development program. Yeah. So I was actually it, it was a split contract. So it was yeah. sevens and fifteens. Yeah. When you weren't on, when you weren't on the sevens tour, you'd go yeah. and train with Edinburgh and stuff like that. <laughs> what were your memories of training with us for the first time? It's funny because. Um, <laughs> Like almost half my coaching staff now, I've all played with them, and it scares the life out of me. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Robbo, Stevie Laurie, yeah. and Mike Blair, and I played yeah. I played with all of them. And one of my first memories, I tell Stevie, I've got two. One of my, my first memory with Stevie is um, in a touch game. I handed them off, you know, like 19 years old, came in, handed them off. And I thought like it wasn't like a proper touch, so I was fine. Ran through, scored the try. <laughs> Stevie chased me back all the way and said, do that again, you little... Uh-huh. And they'll knock you out. So you and I'm 19 again. years old. I never did it again. I was too scared. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> and then, and then I remember Mike. I don't tell him this now, but I told him when he's in the Scotland program. I remember we were all in. We were. I think I was 24th man traveling to like Connacht or something, and we oh. just had like a, a toughest training session. We were talking about training. And I was sort of on like a young boy on the outskirts over here in a conversation, and uh, Mike goes like. Bloody hell, training's crap, isn't it? Like, I'd, you know, I love the games, but training is great. And I heard it, I was like, how does this guy not like training? You know, when you're young, you're like, yeah. training with these yeah. kids is the best thing in the world. And, I, you know, as I've got a bit older, I'm, you can appreciate you know, that. You can appreciate it a bit uh, more. Maybe, maybe certain bits of it weren't so good. <laughs> maybe that's what it was getting at. I, I remember you coming in. I remember a um, couple of things. I remember you coming in, and I remember Simon Webster, Webber, you know well. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't involved, but you must have played in a game. At sale, it was a warm-up game away at yeah. sale. I think is that back again what game early yeah. season. I think Webble must have played. It must. I don't know if it's maybe around the 2011 World Cup time. Was it? You boys were away. We were away, yeah. and and I remember coming back, and, and Webble was a good mate of ours. I was like, oh, what did this? You know, struggle that we're up against. It's just, but there was this kid that came on. He said he was stick thin, and I was a bit worried about. But he just came on, and started thumping people, and it was you. <laughs> so it was just like kind of obviously filled out about since then but <laughs> it was oh I need to keep an eye on this lad so we kind of knew and it, it's a funny how that kind of senior player thing and you'll maybe do it now as a senior player yourself you kind of check out the, the youngsters coming up so you had this instant uh, kind of reputation as being a real tough egg a real good one a good one to watch and I, I can vouch for that because I remember I don't know if it was the only time we played together but I remember being away in Ulster during the Six Nations of 2012 I think I and it was uh, there. there wasn't a few there, there was a few missing let's say that went and Ulster were flying ruined Peanut at the time and Johan Muller all the, the kind of 
the big physical also yeah. guys and I remember we were we were up against it and maybe going into the second half I think it was maybe Roddy Grant that went off perhaps and Roddy went off and his cap went off and I thought oh, I was feeling sorry for myself I thought here we go and then I looked at the touch and I said it was you and Robert McAlpine coming on now Rob McAlpine was a big second row he was he was slightly lighter weight at that point yeah. as well and I thought oh poor souls here they come and within a moment you'd come on stripped the ball somebody bounced somebody else off and took off up the field I thought how wrong could I have been I, I felt I felt a wee bit concerned for you um, but brilliant immediate impact can you can you remember those remember those games that, I remember that moment so well because obviously as a young lad like <laughs> I've looked up to you like my whole my whole career playing like you forty those sort of boys and mm. I remember you coming up to me after the game and we got like we got hammered yeah, we were I, up I, against I really lost by about uh, twenty odd points uh, twenty five uh, points but I remember you coming up to me afterwards and saying how well I did and that it made me, it made my absolute year I, I was, get, I was it getting was getting you inside yeah. I, was, I needed needed some protection but I remember <laughs> it ripped the ball it could have been a Robbie Dyke or something like that because I also was strong at that point yeah. and I did think oh we're up against it even further but a big 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 club. enough enough of enough of so long ago I could reminisce for ages. But I say it's it's uh, it is something I think that all players do, but especially senior players do when younger players come in. There is a an examination really that happens instantly, rightly or wrongly. I don't know. Would you be honest enough to say you would do that to young players coming in now? It's almost, uh, you don't need to pass a test, but it's a no. It's not well, a test. Let's see, let's see what these hundred percent. You know, you go back to for young lads coming in. I think be confident try and make an impression not in like a bad way but on on the training field like I think uh, I know us as like the Edinburgh first team is now we'll go back in the changing room we'll have conversations at the start of a new season being like geez that guy looked good or like you know how good did, how good did he look today and he's only like 18 19 years old now because I had I, we had a we had one as well me and Blair we got we got the same agent and um, I remember my agent rang rang me up and I said me and Blair met him or something and we both said we gave him a name to watch, uh, and he signed him up as well because he's um, it's, it was, yeah, it was Sabala. He's, I think he'll be yeah, great. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll be a great player. He's just so natural on the ball and yeah. brings the ball flat to line. We we both um, sort of said to our agents. So I think it's it, like yeah, we definitely have those conversations. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a part of rugby. Can you you also look out for when you want people to work hard and, and have a natural ability to be rewarded? So it's, it's great to know that still continues. We'll uh, we'll skip forward for any caps. Um, what would it mean? If you, to, I have no doubt you'll reach fifty cap. But as a as a kid, I know it's an easy, cliched question. But one cap would have been an e would have been a, a dream, an aim, a goal. But fifty, what does that mean? It's crazy. Like it, it really is. It's um, it's it's such a like surreal feeling. Like to get fifty caps and uh, does I think it feel like fifty or forty. It's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know where the time's gone. Like it's Aye. it's crazy because um. I still obviously remember my first cap, and for those who don't know, it obviously didn't go too well. Yeah, um, early 2015. Yeah, and mm. um, but to get to get 50 caps is honestly like the, one of the like, well, it's probably the biggest honour in my career if I could get it. And um, hopefully that moment comes on tour, and uh, I can't wait. It's, mm. it, like like you say, it's the old cliche. You don't, you never think you know. It's, you take it step by step in your career, don't you? And you never think you're gonna get capped at age grade. Mm. And you know, I was lucky enough to, and then. You know, getting your first club cap and get the, getting 50 caps for your club, and just to like to try and build like that, and to get 50 caps for uh, for Scotland would be yeah, would be an incredible feel, and for my family as well. Yeah. They, I think. Um, Did they come to the games? Big, your brother's a big supporter. Oh, my family. I think out of, they they get gutted. They got gutted over COVID, and exactly. like I think um, over I think out of the 50 caps, I reckon Gus was going to try and work it out. Um, he's my older brother, but I think um, out of the 50 caps, I reckon COVID they would have missed about five or maybe the autumn as well, eight. So out of the 42 they could have come to, 
or 41 they could have come to, I think they've probably been to about 37. Yeah, all around the world. There won't, yeah, there won't be many. Uh, yeah. There'll be a few on the summer tour, that Fiji yeah. tour they missed, but um, apart from that, they would have, they'll be right up there. Like. Yeah, special, special, and always, is. and you always want one more. That's the thing that I, I yeah. worried about when I came towards the end of my career. How, how am I ever going to walk away from this? Because if you're lucky enough to reach 50, you want 51, you want 52, and it keeps, keeps going up and up and up. So. You always want more, right? So but also, it also makes me realise, like, obviously I'm 30 now. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever told the truth about my age as well. Um, <laughs> we can edit yeah. it. <laughs> but I, it makes you realise as well, though, because 50 caps, it, you know, yeah. it takes a long time, yeah, especially yeah. if you have injuries. Well, an average or you, 10 a year. Or you, exactly. Or you dip, and that's if you hit you, them all. That's what, yeah, or you dip in and out. Yeah. And, like, you and Fordy and, mm. like, Sean Lamont, those boys who have all hit 100 caps, it's, it makes you realise when you hit 50 how amazing that is mm. because... You, you have there's obviously a bit of luck involved with injuries, but apart from that, to stay that on form for that length of time, it's amazing. It was easier back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've asked you, we've mentioned one day, but we can, we're going to ask you to pick out some key Scotland games, not too many, maybe two or three. One of you've picked it already was your first cap, it was against uh, Italy in the, the Six Nations 2015. Now you came on as a replacement, and, <laughs> and then went off again just in the, was it the final play as a yellow final, card it was yeah, a cumulative final, penalty card. it was cumulative yellow card it wasn't yeah, your fault was it I'm sure Benny too won't mind me saying this but <laughs> Benny took one for the no, team. no 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 Benny look, me and Benny as off both off, I'm yeah. 1064 he's 1065 yeah. both got yellow carded in that, in and that that's game right, yeah. he, he, right. he was a bit he early was before than me. you though wasn't he he was a bit early in the, I think I got 10 minutes longer than him <laughs> and then um, and how was that well, how was that like <clears> obviously the dream and I mean it was it was a result they lost at home against Italy so poor result but the dream of gaining that first cap and then I suppose that the disappointment of being yellow carded and losing the game can you fully allow yourself to have the pride that I you would deserve I think if you only got one cap I think it'd be really hard to yeah. ref like two I think you'd still be absolutely chuffed but if I'd only got one cap and out of my one cap and it was a it was the first time I lost to Italy at home for a long time as well I remember Grieg's face in the change room and stuff like that and that kind of put a damner on it but like <laughs> did, but he ever, me, did he ever smile but, <laughs> but for me like still being after the game we we still went back to the hotel we still had a few drinks um, my family were all allowed to come to the hotel and it was still it's still even though we lost it was still one of the best moments of my life yeah. getting my first cap because you never forget it like I remember how I felt I remember the feeling of on team one day looking at my name like my name tag on there and I it's still it was honestly still a great moment and um and yeah, I to be fair, it was this Six Nations that obviously Italy beat Italy Wales. The wheels, yeah, that was the last. And game. that was thank gosh that monkey's off my back because <laughs> you know what I got loads of tweets saying that um, on the when we played Italy, only me and Hoggy out the whole Italian starting fifteen, our uh -huh. starting fifteen, uh -huh. had lost to, had lost to it had lost to Italy and they had never beaten Scotland Is that right? because they because they got such a young team Italy obviously, yeah. and um, but full credit to them they played amazing yeah. and beat Wales. Well, I had a look at the team, uh, and you're right, Hoggy, Mark Bennett. Johnny Gray all started. Uh, obviously, Johnny didn't play against Johnny didn't play against Italy. Matt Bent didn't play against Italy. And are the others still playing? Greg, Laidlaw, um, and Bob Harley was in the back row. Uh, and Fraser Brown was on the bench. So there's been quite a big turnover. Yeah. Turn on the players. Are there other games? There will be other games. I remember Johnny, uh, John Beatty as well. I was in a room with him uh, that week. At one you, point. you came on for Beatty, did yeah, you? Yeah, so uh, I, I got came on for Beats, and Beats is obviously a great guy, and I've spoke to him since, since that day. But I remember him in, in the. Um, in the, I think it was the week of the test match. I think I was in a room with him. I remember a, a pillow getting slung at my face in the middle of the week. 
because um, apparently I was snoring. And I don't even <laughs> snore that bad, I don't think. I must be on my back or snoring or something. Get the excuse out. I just remember being so scared, like my first cap, and I got yeah. like a pillow chucked to my face. <laughs> I think as long as it wasn't in hard, then no, the pillowcase no, no, you'd be no, all right. It, it could was, be worse. Um, yeah, it was quite funny. I remember that. Like, you don't remember like, it strange things, first yeah. moments in your career and stuff. Worrying about a pillow fight. Are there other games? Are there a couple off the top of your head, if we ask you, like, what highs or lows or games that jump up vividly in your, your imagination would there be others yeah i think i think um because our sort of generation of scotland players at the moment have got some massive wins over the mm. last few years i think there's definitely a few that spring to mind i think the 2018 win against england mm -hmm. i think that was the first time he'd beaten england in 10 years so mm -hmm. for for all the players there i don't think they had ever beaten england yeah for, uh, there was no one there who, who had, look at those i think it was 2008 before we drew in 2010 <coughs> but 2008 would be the last one yeah and then um and then I think the couple of away wins that we had, beating England away at Twickenham for the first time mm -hmm. in ages. Um, and then... Uh, Australia away win in Sydney would be up there. The Australia away win in Sydney was massive as well, because I don't think we had a tour win for a while. And that's like, you know, it's like winning on yeah. tour is amazing because just it's just a different environment, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's like you go there as massive underdogs and winning... Um, yeah, winning against us. I also scored a try, but it was from like a meter out. <laughs> it wasn't, well, it started wasn't it was 100 meters one. out. They're not all great. They're not, they're not being <laughs> that great. It was a great try, try that. Um, it was. It was an awesome, was an awesome try. try um, but not, not, yeah. not, not great by me. Um, but yeah, no. The, and then France, beating France away. Yeah. So probably, probably those ones. But um, but yeah, that, definitely that 2018 one. I think that was the first time I'd beaten. England in my career as well because you know age grade they're yeah. always so good yeah. they've always got all their academy systems yeah. and stuff like that yeah. um, and the previous year obviously in 2017 we we had yeah, a good six nations we won three but we got smashed by them in 2017 so oh, yeah. oh yeah sorry that was a little yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah I know it's good to say and big wins especially on two as you see but big wins galvanise a lot because it, I, I feel sometimes you're, you're always doubted as yeah. a Scotland player and you doubt yourselves at the time and, and those big wins really can yeah. cement the good that you're doing and yeah. underline the, the quality we do have and especially well, at Murrayfield at the moment I feel yeah. I feel like we do like we're the fans are all so proud to be there and we go there and like most of the games we play at Murrayfield now we're like we are I think we do yeah. go in there we're not you do under, feel that we're not as underdogs and you do feel that responsibility though, yeah don't you? yeah no you do 100% and uh, yeah I've, I've, it's, that was obviously the start of it I guess we're getting that massive win at Murrayfield mm. uh, there's a few um, not, not to take it down on an interview but one of the questions what he is he, I think it's important to talk about and ask is it lowest moments in your career? Is there something that would jump out as a I'd imagine World Cup Ireland injury yeah. would be up there. But would, yeah, would that be the one that would come to mind? Yeah, definitely. I think um probably the two World Cup ones, not I'm not getting picked in twenty fifteen was quite yeah. tough. Um I think after my first cap, not not because um of the result I don't think, but like just the way coaches go about like change their player groups and stuff like that. After my first cap, I don't think I got capped again for for quite a while until the World Cup pre-season or after. Sorry, after that cap, I didn't play for a while. Um, I had to really fight to get back into Vern's yeah. uh, Vern's good books. But um, so that was quite that was quite hard after you go from that massive high and then play for Edinburgh the whole of the next season afterwards. Um, that was tough. Uh, like you say, the 2019 World Cup and. You know what World Cup pre-seasons are like. Yeah. You work so hard to yeah. be there, and you have like you go through two months pre-season camp, and uh, yeah, the camaraderie you have with the boys. We went into that World Cup with obviously quite high hopes, and we lost. We lost to Ireland and didn't do ourselves proud mm -hmm. at all. And uh, then obviously I got injured in the in the first half as well. And it's, it was Did you know week. at the time it was a bad one? Yeah, uh, and I think you, I, you'll know as well. Uh, you know when you, you do go. something, you just know like the way my knee went in and the way it felt straight away I just knew so mm. like, that was obviously a really dark moment for me but you 
luckily it was just my just my medial ligament and uh sort of came back from it quite quite like fairly quickly so um yeah now nah, you do know sometimes i always found if even it's similar if you make a really bad obvious mistake you know and you think oh no i just want to tell everybody or show everybody that i can a get better get back you know not make the same mistake again or get rehabbed and back in the field as as quickly as possible it's yeah. uh it can be a lonely place, a rugby field. But yeah. uh, on, a, on a higher note, the best moment in your career to conflict that the lowest moment what would be the what would be the best moment. And, and and interestingly, how how you would celebrate it, or how did you celebrate it? Um, best moment. I don't know because I think because we hadn't done it before in such a long time. Like my first cap is a hundred percent up there. It's mm. one of the best days of my life. It's interesting because I wouldn't say beating England in 2018 was one of the best days of my life yeah. but I would say my first cap was because it's something yeah. I've worked for my whole life but my best moment in rugby probably has beaten England in yeah. a way yeah. so, you know, does that make sense <laughs> totally. I know because the first well, cap you've a responsibility you feel the responsibility of the team of the nation when you play and yeah, think, even though because you're not a selfish person very f- few people in rugby are selfish but it would be a selfish I think you would feel selfish if you thought that, you know that winning for you or winning your first cap for you would supersede the team winning yeah exactly. you know what I mean? so I can totally understand so it. I just think yeah the, my best moment probably <clears throat> probably would be that that England win just the, the way we I'll no ask how you celebrated it then well <laughs> I think that's what I think that's why it's up there as well though just because everyone knows you know it's it's one of those ones that we hadn't won it in so long and we just uh yeah, yeah it, the emotions got to everyone are you big for celebrating um yeah, I like I like to go out with the boys and celebrate, but like whether but it doesn't have to be out, you know. What yeah, I mean? Like yeah. during COVID, we got some great wins, and uh, yeah. you know, just being with the team, you know, it's like a yeah. team environment. Being with the team in uh, in the hotel room, they're some of the funniest moments we've had as well. Like when COVID was on, you couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. so we'd come back to the team room and um, have a few drinks in the team room, and uh, yeah, that, that they would be up there as well. They were just they were just funny <laughs> nights, even though you're not out. <laughs> I know sometimes it's quite hard to describe that, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, things that aren't funny to the outside world would be absolutely yeah. hilarious at the moment. But uh, that's what squads, that's what living in, a, in each other's pockets uh, does. Um, away from rugby, I think it's important to talk about that. Um, what uh, what do you enjoy? What do you like? What do you obviously family man, father, but gaming, football. You've got a few things, haven't you? What's uh, yeah? I think uh, it's weird because you're your priorities if like young people are listening and stuff I think your priorities change throughout your career don't they yeah. I think when I was younger what was important to me was going to Nando's and cinema after training <laughs> and just like you know um, just gaming and stuff like that and uh, gaming I loved uh, obviously my family coming up and watching me the whole time but now now it's sort of shifted and my my why like the why I play rugby the reason I play rugby it's all changed and I think now the reason I the reason I do it the reason like I find the strength to do it is probably yes for your squad but it's all through my family yeah. my my wife my two my two girls they don't know anything that's going on they don't yeah. They don't care. So on the flip side, like it's great if something doesn't go well because you go home to them yeah. and they don't care. Yeah. Um, which probably got me through my worst moment in when I came back from yeah. Ireland as well because um, they don't realise you're injured and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think um, that yeah. Well, I think. What was the question? I just got like sidetracked. Did, yeah, just like away from rugby. Urban, away from rugby. So away from rugby. Sorry, away from, away from rugby. The reason I do it is my family. Um, and then outside of rugby, what I like to do to switch off from rugby yeah. is yeah, just spend time with them, um, spend time with my family down south. I'm going down south. Got my hobbies, uh, 
obviously I do still game. I'm not gonna lie, I've been, I've been punted <laughs> from every room in my house. I used to have it. I used to have an awesome game room. The first girl, <laughs> again, like, smaller, smaller. Was born, then I got chucked out of there. Put it in Willow's room. Willow was born, got chucked out of there, and now I'm like got like a little a gaming cupboard in my room, which I have to pack away every night and stuff like that. But what a game! So um, and is it still Call of Duty? That, that, I ask this uh, question often because I'm no gamer, but yeah, that seems to be the thing. still play Call of Duty. I'm I'm FIFA. We played uh, a lot of uh, Call of Duty. Two years ago, I think, when it first when it first um, dropped, like the new um, battle royale, um, the young sorry, the young people a different here, language yeah, here. the young people don't know what I'm talking about. I played a lot of Fortnite, but I don't game as much now. Um, and yeah, I just, I, yeah, it's probably just you know, it's like probably more family time. I still try and get, uh, go to coffees with the boys and stuff like that, but and we, not as much. And, when and you play football. F- and when you play FIFA, you'll be playing as Man United, I assume. Yeah, I don't. Your, do you know, you know what. My team on FIFA have always been stoked because normally, and not this season, but normally United are too good. So if you start a career with them, it's always a bit boring. So I normally go stoke because they're like the next closest team to me and it makes it a bit harder because they're in the champ now as well. Um, like so I normally challenge. start a career with them. But, um, but Man United is your team. Man United is my team. We've, we've, me and my brothers are very fortunate that we've got season tickets there. Um, I don't get down very often, uh, so they always use them, and I don't get to use them. But uh, I'm sure after my rugby career, I'll say they owe me a few. Um, they, I can take long, a few how people. How long have you held the season ticket? Um, we've had it. We've had it a while. Cause before that, they were sort of my dad's name. My, yeah. my dad's had them since he was since he was a young lad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then then we, they sort of got changed over to our name, and uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah, it's. It's awesome going to Old Trafford if no one's well. Never been. There's a lot of people who yeah. disagree. Yeah. <laughs> there'll be Liverpool fans or whatever, and um, but going to Old Trafford's uh, great, and it's always a always a special day out going with your family as well. And when you go now, all right, when you get the opportunity to go now as a professional, as an international sports, is it a release or do you watch it just for pure thrill and enjoyment, or do you feel as if you know they're doing what I do in a similar way? Do, do you watch no, the game differently, or is it is just pure it fanatic? Is a, it is a massive release, and I also understand when. It, it sometimes helps me understand how fans feel about rugby because yeah, sometimes yeah. you know sometimes you get a lot of like social media people who will slag you off on 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 stuff like that and it does help me feel because sometimes I just don't agree with the social media slagging but sometimes yeah. don't really get me wrong I'll have a drink with my brother after the game and be like God that guy I'm not going to name any names but God he was crap tonight <laughs> and I know I know as a fan because yeah. I, I can respect that because yeah, as a fan yeah, you get yeah. upset yeah. Um, but like yeah when I go there I'm yeah I just obviously respect what they do and. Uh, that for them they get seventy odd thousand every week and uh like it's like it's like playing a Scotland game every week, isn't yeah. it? It's it's amazing atmosphere there. And you've got a favourite, I believe. I do. Cristiano. Yeah. The day honestly the day uh, that's the one game it sounds so bad because I've got a scene ticket, but that's the one game I went back for the the Newcastle game when he came back. Yeah. Um that was such a cool moment. Because I think because he's been playing for so long. Yeah. So it sounds one. weird. I'm a thirty year old but I I love Cristiano. <laughs> he's amazing. But they do you know I you know that's weird. How old is he? Thirty seven? Yeah, yeah, we thirty-seven or something. Yeah, so he, so I, I, he was at United when he first joined in two thousand and three. Yeah, so I was thirteen. So yeah. like, that's when you like love sport and love yeah, yeah. Uh, football. And I used to see him quite a lot kicking around the village Have back back home. I've, I've met him a few times when I was younger. Um, so I met him a few times, like the local tie and stuff like that. And I've yeah. got a picture with him um, that I posted on my Instagram a while ago and stuff like that. <laughs> that was when I was a bit old. That was when I was seventeen. I got a picture with him. Um, and then I was saying to you just earlier, like my brothers for my birthday, they obviously know that he's my favourite player. And um, I was lucky enough to like for a friend get a signed um, signed Cristiano top and uh, like saying to Hamish and stuff. And oh, for a thirty-year-old man, it was still a pretty cool moment. Best present ever. <laughs> best what? Is it the best present ever? 
Oh, sorry, mum and dad. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. My <laughs> brother's crazy. got my brother's got me the best. And my Trumped wife. Up. My brother's got me the best pre- present ever. Ah, no, it's good to good to have that passion. Um, could you play football? Did you ever play? It? I don't know. I, think, I, I don't think know why I look at you. I think, we, I, think we all, I think we all say yes, don't we? But yeah. no, I couldn't definitely. No. Couldn't. I did think, you play? Um, did you play as a kid? Yeah, I played as a kid growing up, and I, I like I love football. I, I think after rugby, it's probably one of those things I will, you know, when you've ready fives. I think I'll yeah, I think I'll love to still play or um, play on like a Sunday league team or something. My brother's playing on like a local Sunday league team oh, and stuff yeah. like that. I would I would still like to run around and do something. And you know, you're competitive, aren't you? Yeah. So like, I know like, those guys they play Sunday league. And after a game, they'll be like, they'll be telling me like about how he missed a sitter or he scored two goals, and I'm like, for flip's sake, lads! Like, I, I know it sounds really bad, but that's like they're so competitive as well. That, that's their everything on the Sunday league. So I think I will, I'll still like to play a bit of football, but I was never, um, I was did never, you, that, you ever play I was never that great. I, I've, I've, I've I like football growing up, but I never actually was assigned a position. I've never played a game when you've actually had to hold a position. It intrigues yeah. me because I'll just run about like a. Oh a no! So yeah, so I was, I was striker, I was striker, striker at secondary striker? school, yeah. Striker second because I was quite quick because not many people play football in my school so I'm not actually that quick but I was quick for the football team so the keeper used to just boot the ball over I'd run onto it and um, or I'd start on the right wing and because I've got a left foot I'd hit it on the left but I've got but the problem with the problem with me I've got no right foot like you know, it's embarrassing like I, I can't use my right foot so I'd, I don't think I would have got very far. Um. Well, I think we, we get to know you pretty well. We're, uh, we're looking ahead to almost tour, obviously, uh, Argentina. One thing I often wonder, do you still get assigned a roommate or do you, do you choose your own roommate nowadays in, in camps? Um, it sort of varies. So uh, sometimes, obviously, during COVID, we had no roommates. Then after COVID, um, we sometimes picked our roommates. Uh, and then the night before a game, you'd get your own room. Um, but then I guess the problem Who's is... Who's your go-to if you pick then? Uh, probably at this point in time, it's probably Dwayne Dewey. Mm. Um, you know, it's called Dwayne. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on the on the on the Lions tour, Dewey for the first few weeks was running around and uh, <laughs> was Ga- and Gats was calling Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> and boys are like, did he just call him Dwayne? Dwayne. And, um, uh, and then eventually, one of the boys had to go up to him and be like, oh, oh I think he heard overheard boys calling him Dewey, and he was like. His, no, his name's not Dwayne, <laughs> but he played every every test, so you know he must have known his name. By That's going to stick. That'll stick. He'll never get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, everyone calls him Dwayne now. Dwayne. So um, you, dear. Uh, yeah. So me, me and Dewey likes to game bit as well. So it kind of works because I sometimes feel a bit ans- like if I'm with like a young lad I, and I just started gaming, put my headphones on. I wouldn't. I kind of look a bit antisocial, but Dewey kind of gets it because he's got his headphones on and I've got my headphones on. We basically don't talk One, to each yeah, other. Yeah. I remember back to. Dan Parks used to be in the squad. Is it larger? Like, did you ever play against? Um, you would have played with Dan, no? I played Parksy. against him when he was at Connacht. Right. I think towards yeah. the end of his career, but I think I would have missed well, him. Parksy when he was, was Parksy was larger than life, always in the goal, chirpy, larger than life, and, and one other guy, Simon Taylor, who was a bit more reserved. Did you? You wouldn't have played with Simon. No, I know. I know Simon yeah. a bit more, but yeah. Well, Simon's really reserved, and, and would like to read. And I remember um, Dan was really nervous because he was rooming with, with Simon. Um, Oh, I don't know what to do, don't know what to do. And then Simon, of course, played in this and made it, you know, Dan feel pretty miserable <laughs> at himself as, as he was lying, reading a novel in his bed and Dan was like jumping up down, fidgeting and chirping and Simon put his boot down and says, just to let you know, Dan, I'm perfectly comfortable with silence. 
Too much boxy just to run out the room and find somebody to play table tennis with. So this relationship go on. I can imagine yeah. him doing that as well. That and I've it. actually met Parks, and I can imagine him doing that <laughs> because like, he, he took us once um, all the Edinburgh boys on a night out in Connacht. Did he? Ah, some boy pass. Well, that was there. I think it's always it's a bit of stress as well that that roommate thing. So to choose your own. It is my. I remember my very first roommate first one? was uh, Sean Lamont. I'll never forget it. Because <laughs> you know, you just, you, remember your, you just remember your Did roommates. Did he pick on you? No, he didn't pick on me at all. He was, he was a good roommate. But I just remember, like, at the time, he was the most capped player in the whole yeah. squad. And I was like, no way. It's my first ever camp with the most capped player. I was like, geez. They do that deliberately. Yeah, and I was like, gosh, it's going to be stressful. But um, no, he was a good roommate. And um, yeah, funny. Oh, there's one other, one other half story. Mike, Mike, we've spoken about Mike. You've mentioned Mike earlier on, Mike Blair. He uh, he claims this isn't true, but I was actually there and I heard it. Scott Murray, who was one of the more senior players as well, liked a cup of tea. And uh, when Mike was sharing with him early on in his career, he said, "Go make me a cup of tea, Mike." And Mike, he, he, again, he says this didn't happen, but it did. It was there. So Mike says, "Yeah, certainly, Scott, will make a cup of tea." And he went to the bathroom, run the hot tap <laughs> until it got really piping hot, and. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm making a cup of tea. He said, no, the kettle's over there. So Mike Blair's first cup of tea was made with a hot tap in the bathroom <laughs> rather than the kettle. So we're giving away a few stories. Is that because he's never made a cup of tea? Well, that's what we thought, yeah. Of he, he denies it. <laughs> ask him, ask him. I'll ask him. Yeah, he had his finger under the tap. First day back in pre-season, I'll yeah. ask him. Yeah, he said, check, and I said, hot enough? Do you think that's hot enough? Yeah. If you boil the kettle, Mike, you're, you're probably going to poison the most cat player by using the, the water, the hot tap for the bathroom. But anyway, we digress. Listen, yeah. Nish, great to chat. Always good to chat. been a podcast a few times um i know we've kind of looked back a lot and we've you know, reminisced in some ways a couple of old men as i said at the start but i think that's really important but i think what's important to say there's so much more to come from you love watching you play love the energy you bring love the intensity you bring both for edinburgh and scotland and i think that as a film fan's favorite i think they would agree that there's, there's a lot more to come so um we hope we see it in argentina and chile and argentina uh and over the, the next weeks and months as you go ahead cheers mossy thank you very much and thanks uh thanks for having me on top man